Welcome everyone. This is the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host Jason. The weather's turned cold here in Virginia. I'm a little stuffed up in recording this episode, so I guess I should probably give you an apology ahead of time for that. So, there you go. Jason, Andy Goodman here. Um, wanted to thank you for your messages. Most unexpected and most um, uh, most welcome. I, I, I didn't think anyone would um, find me this quickly. Obviously, the Anchor community has tentacles in, in every podcast. Um, loved your unboxing. You, you, I, I, I bowed down to your unboxing um, mastery. You took us on a roller coaster ride through through cardboard and cellophane. Um, wonderful stuff. Um, and on the Bushido thing, that's amazing that you're going to be playing a game with that. I um, I don't think it was actually the rules so much that were complicated, um, but they probably were. But it was more the concepts like on and key and things like that. Really interesting. Very difficult for a, a young lad to to grapple with. Get his head round. Hey Andy, thank you for the call. Um, if anybody hasn't listened to Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks, you should go lis- listen to it. It's a new podcast. He does a great job. Very interesting. It's uh, about Andy's journey and, and rediscovering the hobby after a 30-year break. Well worth your time to go over there and check it out. Uh, my unboxings are okay. I definitely don't think they're the best out there. There's there are some others that are really good. Um, definitely go check out Tim Shorts's, especially when he has Ivy on there, when and she helps him unbox, or like Dave gets his kids to help sometimes, D percentile. Um, but I, I do appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Um, I enjoyed your unboxing when you unboxed your Weiss package. I thought that was very amusing. So definitely don't discount yourself in, in unboxing ability. The other thing you mentioned about Bushido, yeah, I, I think it's both, right? So it, it's approaching the culture and the world because you do have to change mindsets when you step into that world with honor and and all that kind of thing and the respect and the, and the strict caste system and all that and then also these kind of crunchy rules that are that are very different than what we play these days i am looking forward to running the game next year i'm still working out the specifics of the adventure i think it's not going to have any of the fantasy stuff in there it's just going to be a strict like a samurai movie, a strict samurai revenge kind of thing. The players are on board with that, and it's just my trying to get the encounters balanced out enough that they they don't just walk through them. They have a challenge, but it's not too much of a challenge. And because it's a crunchier system, it's it's maybe a little harder to do that, to let them, you know, excel like you would in a samurai movie, but still have a challenge. So... I'm just fine-tuning that before we play, but hope maybe here in January, hopefully, we'll we'll get that game to the table. So thank you again for the call. Yo, Jason, it's Joe. Sorry for being late on this, man. I should have called in the other day. But, dude, that session of the Cyberpunk ICRPG was so much fun. That was, like, the coolest death I've ever had. And I forget exactly what I yelled to her, but you were really close. I think. It was something like, stop! turn around and sword fight me or something like that dude and she did she absolutely sword fought the hell out of me holy crap that was amazing dude 
like I said then, like it was almost the end of the session. I was so happy with being killed in that manner. Like it wasn't a cheap death. It was awesome. I'm trying hard not to swear. It was really fun, dude. I absolutely loved it. Love that system. And thanks so much for running the game, dude. Anyway, I will talk to you soon. Peace out. What up, Jason? It's Joe again. And I also give my wholehearted support and thumbs up for people to buy uh, Altered States. I think it's a fantastic game. And even when I do play just straight up our ICRPG, I'm absolutely using those surge dice because I think you said that mechanic isn't in uh, core ICRPG. And that is just an amazing little gimmick, dude. I love it. Uh, and I also wanted to say thank you to Josh for that heads up about the crow and um, Monster of the Week. I've never read Monster of the Week, but I'll check it out. That also reminds me that I want to pick up uh, monsters and other childish things, too. So monsters all around. Peace out. I want to make a quick plug for Jeff Collier's podcast, The Tomb of All Dooms. He does a review of monsters and other childish things. I highly recommend everybody go listen to that. Uh, it's a neat game system. It's actually based around the one-roll engine, which is kind of intriguing, where you, you roll pool D10s, and that one die roll, roll, you figure out you know, how quickly you act, like you're, where you fall in initiative order, whether you hit or not, where you hit, how hard you hit, all that kind of thing. And I think it's more interesting intellectually than than how well it actually works. But Jeff does a great review of that system and the monster and monsters and other childish th- things. The, that game world is really really interesting. I mean, it's it's kind of tongue in cheek and all, but it, but it's really neat. So I do recommend everybody go listen to that. Um, so I just want to put that quick plug in there since Joe mentioned monsters and other childish things. Thank you for the kind words, Joe. You're a great player, you know, and, and definitely you're welcome in any of my games. You you really do bring a, you know, real energy to to playing. Um, just to clarify for everybody else, so Altered State is the cyberpunk setting for ICRPG. Currently, it's not out for sale. It has been released as a quick start to the patrons of Runehammer, you know, over on his Patreon site, and... And there are some play tests going, maybe not play tests, but just some games going on to fine tune things. And, and I expect we'll see the final set of rules up for sale, you know, early next year, maybe. I, I don't know exactly what his timetable is. But so, so it's not actually out there yet for sale. One of the mechanics in that game that Joe alluded to are the surge dice, where you've got currently it's 4d8, and you can use those 4d8 any time during the game and once you use them they're gone but so you can use those surge dice to add to a roll you can use them to to soak up damage you can you can use them for a variety of different things but it lets the players feel more heroic and, and it works out really well and, and especially like our second session it worked out very well because by the end, you know, they were able to do cool, the characters did cool things throughout the game, and then by the end of the game, they'd used all their surge dice and like use their hero coins, and and they were down and used all the resources up, you know, by the end of the game. But but the, it, it felt very heroic throughout the game, so so it worked out very well. The but so I ran two games of that, uh, one based on U.S. time, one based on U.K. time, both worked very well. Great times so, and. And as I mentioned in the previous podcast, it was really neat to watch different groups approach the same problem different ways. I ran the exact same scenario. The idea was that if 
next month. Uh, my plan is I'm going to run three to four. It, it's a short three to four adventure campaign. And I'm going to run one a month probably. And so I ran the exact same adventure for each group, the two groups. And, and the idea being if somebody wanted to switch from one group to the other next month, you, you'd be able to and, and kind of slot right in there. Um, what, whether that still is it going to happen or not, I don't know. I think we're going to start mixing in some of the backstories. And w- one thing that he has in Altered State are bonds and links where you have, you know, connections to organizations and connections to to people, be they relatives or, or friends or whatnot in the world, to give you some adventure hooks. And, and so I may, and, and I had everybody create those. And, and so I may start working them in there. And as we start exploring those paths, the of course, the two games are going to start to diverge from each other, you know, because the one group already has a, this history of a of a failed simian, uh, elevated simian revolution. And it's, you know, one's kind of going a little more gonzo than the other. But 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 well, actually, I don't know if that's true or not, because the other one has two two AIs to um basically one well they have an AI a player that's an AI and a player that's a computer pro, a sending computer program and so both those are you, you know they're obviously kind of do playing up the computer angle is you know compared to the human players or the human characters so it, it's very interesting but the so far it's worked very well you know it feels very cinematic it you know it feels really everything's worked out well. I'm I'm very happy with the rules. Of course, I'm a big fan of ICRPG anyway. In fact, that kind of leads into the second thing I want to talk about, which was the ICRPG Colonial Gothic game that I ran on the 15th of December. ICRPG Colonial Gothic is a setting I've kind of cobbled together and and it's not don't get me wrong. I I'm using those terms. They're not. So ICRPG obviously belongs to Runehammer Games. Colonial Gothic belongs to, is it Rogue Games, I believe. Um, the, and there's no official Colonial Gothic setting for ICRPG. That's just something I've done homebrew. And I'm I'm just using the term Colonial Gothic because it's identifiable and people know what it is. Um, if I ever actually publish the rules that we're working on, I won't actually publish them, but if I was ever going to, you know, put it out there or whatever, I would you know, have to rename it because obviously it's not official Colonial Gothic. I'm just using it as a, um, as something easy, identifiable. So when players, when I put a post up online and say, hey, do people want to join this game? They, they know what it is. Um, and so basically it's using ICRPG rules, but we've added in some, some rules to try to make it a more of a horror game and to try to adapt it to that 18th century setting, you know, Colonial America. So the game I ran was set just before the French and Indian War. That's the Seven Years' War for you guys overseas. And um, basically, when John Allen Large played in it, which was nice from Red Dice Diaries, um, I think he had a good time. And I had a couple other players who I don't believe any of them have podcasts, so I'm not going to mention them by name, but they they all, everybody was was excellent. All the players bought in. You know, they're, they, you know, we wanted to kind of keep a serious game, try to do a game where we had some tension and and build up a little bit of stress. So we, everybody really bought into the concept and everybody, you know, got into playing their characters and, and did a great job role playing. And, you know, obviously, like, like normal, the weak point, of course, was me as the GM. But 
it so a couple things we changed the ICRPG system were I bar, so there's a a set of rules being worked on out there called blacklight which is kind of a delta green setting for ICRPG and the latest iteration of blacklight has gotten away has gotten away from using armor and basically to whether it's switched to player facing roles so the way normal ICRPG works is a player has an armor stat which is 10 plus however many points they put into it or their gear gives them. And the GM, so they might have like 13 armor. And so the GM would roll against that on a D20 to see if the if NPCs or monsters hit the character. So we've done away with that, and normally ICRPG have a target number for each scene. And and that's what the players are rolling against. And what we've done is they're, they roll a strength saving throw, throw, so a strength check against target number, to see if they're hit by a physical attack or a dex check against target number for a missile attack. And because in a setting like, you know, you look at like the French Indian War, 18th century world, people weren't wearing armor anymore. So it didn't make doesn't make any sense really to have an armor rating there. And even in a modern game, you have armor, you have modern body armor, but you could do that maybe with damage reduction or something. Um, so anyway, but so I, I, we use those rules. I use the firearms rules out of Ghost Mountain, which is ICRPG's Weird West setting. And then we just added in some re- some reloading rules because obviously you shoot muzzle loaders, so it takes time to reload, you, you know, muzzle loader. Um, and then instead of doing sanity, we, we tried to use a stress mechanic similar to what the new Aliens RPG uses. So characters, as they, you would normally take a sanity roll, instead we had them do a stress check, and we used charisma for the stat to check against. And if you failed your check, you gained a stress die. And so every stress die you gained, you would put a d6 in front of you, basically. And um, however many points of stress you have, that's how many d6s you roll in addition to the d20 whenever you make a check. And basically that helps the character a little bit because you have your adrenaline going so when you roll that d20 you would add your stress level to it so if you have three stress you're going to roll d20 and 3d6 but the roll is whatever's on the d20 plus three but if any of those d6 come up as a one then your character panics and we had a table to check against to see you know what the result of that was and and i think it worked okay john actually rolled physical dice the whole game which kind of is my preference these days as opposed to the die rollers online and with John rolling physical dice it was really easy for him because he could put a physical d6 in front of him for each stress point where for the guys online because I'm not smart enough to build the macro and roll 20 they were having to you know roll d20 and then roll however many d6s they had for stress to see if they got ones and and so it was a little bit cumbersome and then the the panic table needs some work. It's it's not quite there. So so that's something we need to you know explore some more and work on and play test out some more. But but I think there there might be some hope in that. Um, it, it was interesting and and we tried to do a slow burn. I tried to do a slow burn thing. They did a, so they were they were sent to investigate a you know some weird occurrences at a frontier fort in. So they, you know, during the journey, I had them experience some things on the journey. And, and the, prob- the biggest problem with the game 
from my point of view was that I didn't have the pacing quite right. We had a four-hour time slot, and we spent too long on the journey. So, you know, I was trying to build build that tension as we went and have kind of things happen at night when they're, you know, as they're traveling. And I think we did that, but I think it just took too long because by the time we actually got to the Frontier Trading Post and we were running out of time, so I had to speed up the ending. So where they should have had more time to investigate when they actually got to their destination, I kind of had to spring the monster on them to, so they'd have that final encounter before the end of the session. So I, I, I just planned it out wrong timing-wise. I, the, the way I was running it, it was going to be a five- or six-hour game as opposed to a four-hour game. And it just worked out that way. Um, but it was interesting, and I think for the most part it was, like I say, it was a, it was a test. And I don't think it was a total failure, but I'm I'm not real happy with how I I handled that. Um, but it's learning experience, so the key is to to learn those lessons and and to move forward. So, and I think that's about all I have to say about that right now. Due to uh, some time constraints I have this week, I'm not actually recording at home. I'm recording in the van, my NV200 Studios, as Rayotis would call it. So you're not hearing the dogs in the background. I apologize about that. We'll try to get them in next time. Also, I had announced my idea for my January contest. It'll be a cyberpunk-related, you know, call in, let me know your favorite cyberpunk property, be it a movie or a novel, whatever. And then also give me a song you think would be good for a cyberpunk soundtrack. I, I've already got a couple entries called into me, which is great, and I'll hold on to those until we do that contest. My thought was I was going to do that contest for January 2020, so next, you know, for next month. But definitely, you know, if people want to call in, start calling in now, that's fine. I'll just hold on to the entries, and, and that contest will end, you know, at the end of January. It will be January 31st will be the cutoff of 2020. So you actually have a month and a half to do that. Um, no hurry at all. You know, I'll mention it again in January, but I, I did want to just mention that since I a couple people called and gave me entries, I want to let them know I did get those entries. I appreciate them, and, and I am holding them, and, and I'll play them. I'm I'm just going to play all the entries together at the end of the you know the end of January. I'll do one show with all the entries in it. So, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you all this weekend. As always, the best way to reach me is just leave a voice message on the Anchor app where you can reach me on the Audio Dungeon.